Oh, it's the moment you've been waiting for. That's right. The top 25 Power 5 coaches have been released by CBS Sports. And just as I suspected, Muleshoe is in the top four. He is number four, according to CBS, the fourth best college football coach in the land. I knew it, Parker. I knew that this was going to happen that the move this offseason has really steered everyone away from the point that OU was one of the more disappointing teams in college football last year. Yeah, I know they still won double-digit games, so in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't all that bad, but a lot of people out there were picking OU to win a national championship, and they didn't even play for a Big 12 championship last year. Yet, we only see Muleshoe drop down one spot CBS thinks he's a top five head coach in college football. They think he's number four just behind Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, and Nick Saban. And, well, uh, there's some... Muleshoe's the obvious outlier there, right? Nick Saban's won multiple national championships. Dabo Sweeney has won two national championships, and Kirby Smart has just won one. Um, Lincoln is right there in that group, yet when it comes to kind of accolades on the big stage... He's nowhere really close to those three guys in front of him. Also, it appears he just choked away Jordan Addison because really? we, we have a blue check reporting on Twitter. And look, this blue check is very obviously a Texas fan, so I'm taking it with a grain of salt right now. Chip but Brown. we have a blue check report on Twitter from one Jack Settleman that Jordan that is. Addison is expected to transfer to the University of Texas, quote, Barring a material change in USC's NIL collective offer. Basically saying uh, USC put in their offer. Now Texas has put in their offer. Now USC has to counter if they want Jordan Addison. Is that it? All right, hey, that's a nice report and all. Um, but just let me say, and I, I have no idea who this guy is. Maybe he does great, great work. I don't know. I still think Jordan Addison is going to end up at USC. That's still my guess as of this moment. I, I, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best to maintain a level head here. But generally, someone with a blue check, whether at, whether they are reliable or just clickbait, they're not going to put something like that out there unless they have credible reason to believe it because then you run the risk of losing your blue check. Oh, you mean like Chip Brown when he's wrong half the time reporting about pretty much anything? I mean, there's some certain blue checks out there that have reported stuff that have looked blatantly wrong in the past. Just oh, yes. That. Oh, yes, I know. I'm I'm well aware. Uh, some are in this market. Uh, but Wow. <laughs> but okay. I... You're struggling this, with this, this one. Is, Dang. This is wild, man, because is Texas really... I, I, wonder, I wonder if this is why Jai Hall's pissed off. Yeah. Okay, now, now, now the dots are starting to connect in my head. Yeah, now there's reports that he's still going to enroll at Texas, and that's still going to be a thing, but, okay, I, look. Hey, look, if this happens, first off, mad props to Brennan Marion, because say what you will about Sark, say what you will about the administration in Texas, Brennan Marion was a slam dunk hire, and you can say the same for Tashard Choice. Those were two really good hires yeah, no by doubt. the University of Texas. And if Jordan Addison ends up a Longhorn... That's big. That's man. a pretty immediate payoff for your hire of Brendan Mary. No, that's 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 big. They'll have uh, they'll have a pretty loaded. I don't load it. They, they'll have a really good one-two punch at wide receiver. That's for sure. Probably the best 
as it's as it looks now, probably the best one-two punch in college football at wide receiver. They'll be they'll be pretty good there. Now, wide receiver play can only take you so far. You got to be able to block someone. You got to be able to get to the quarterback and all that. But we'll have to at least take a peek at Texas offense if Jordan Addison ends there and say, and you know, at least have the conversation of Dane. They could have a pretty good offense in that in twenty twenty two. Yeah, but we'll see. I still I, I'm still ugh. holding on that it's USC. Hey, this hey, this is the what? tease portion of uh, of the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I I I still believe in my gut it's going to be USC. If it isn't USC, then we'll have fun for three weeks clowning on Muleshoe for choking this one away. Yeah. Uh, it, speaking of making fun of Muleshoe, who is uh, out of this top ten for best head coaches Power Five? Nick Saban one, Kirby Smart two, Dabo three, Lincoln four, Jimbo Fisher five. Ryan Day, 6, Brian Kelly, 7, Kyle Whittingham, 8, Jim Harbaugh, 9, Mike Gundy at 10. Who is the, uh, who's the one that doesn't belong? I would say Mike Gundy. Why Mike Gundy? I don't think he's a top 10 coach in college football. I mean, he's an upper-tier head coach, don't get me wrong, but to put him in the top 10... And think think about some of the guys that aren't in the top ten. Dave Aranda's not in the top ten. Matt Campbell, Kirk Ferentz is at thirteen. What? Huh? Huh? What? Huh? James Franklin, Mark Stoops. Like I I I, uh, I would have agreed with you before I looked at who's behind him, but there's not really anyone else behind him to where I say, yeah, you got to throw Mike Gundy out. There's no way that you can't have this guy in the top ten. Uh, I like Dave Aranda a lot. Matt Campbell has done some nice things. He also had a very disappointing year last year. Uh, Kirk Ferentz has been the model for seven and five, eight and four. There's just no one behind Mike Gundy that I could say yes, one hundred percent. He deserves to be in front of him on the list. Now, listen, I I don't necessarily think this guy is an elite head coach, but I'm wondering why he isn't ranked higher. Where does Mario Cristobal fall? Mario Cristobal was all the way back at number 19 on the list. He was 16 on the list this past season and dropped three spots. Interesting. I am curious to see how things go with Cristobal at Miami. Because I think if there is one guy that has the ability to turn that program around, it's Mario Cristobal. But Miami has been a buzzsaw for coaches for so many years, nobody's been able to tame the bull that it makes you wonder, uh, is this is this a make-or-break gig for Mario Cristobal? Yeah, maybe. I, I just think that they're working at such a deficit when it comes to facilities. You know, and, and look at all of the programs that they're recruiting against every single year. You know, they're recruiting against uh, Georgia for kids. Georgia's got great facilities. Alabama, Alabama's got great facilities. Like, you kind of get the point. They're not operating out in the West Coast against USC where, you know, USC doesn't have great facilities, right? I mean, outside of Oregon in the Pac-12, is anyone just killing it out there with top 10 facilities? I don't think that there is. They're competing against the best of the best. And Miami still means something, and there's still a lot of kids in that Miami-Dade area but when you're going up against the best and you're working with the massive deficit that Miami is in recruiting or in with facilities, Parker, it's it, it's hard to overcome that. I think. A lot of listeners asking on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, "How is Jimbo Fisher top ten? And I'll say this: I get it, I do, because one thing he has that a lot of other guys in that same vicinity on the list don't have is a national championship. 
Folks forget, Jimbo Fisher has a title to his name. Yeah. Um, the, the, among the current head coaches in college football that can claim a national title, the list is fivefold. So, it is Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, Mac Brown, and Jimbo Fisher. Why is Jimbo behind Muleshoe then? Well, I mean, that's the big – Muleshoe's placement, I would say, is the biggest question mark about this list. And that's pretty blatantly obvious. I think it's just that Muleshoe as a coach is sexy. Right? His teams are sexy. They score points. They put up yards. They engage in instant classics. He hasn't won anything meaningful. No, I mean, he's gotten to the stage, clearly, but he's fallen short multiple times because of what the kryptonite always is, is eh, he doesn't have a good enough defense. He may not have a good enough running game on that stage. There's there's, uh, several obvious reasons there that we've talked about many a times. I think Muleshoe's brand of football sells. And I think that's the that's the reason he's so high on this list. He and Ryan Day are kind of two peas in a pod in that regard. Yeah, at least Ryan Day. Ryan Day has come closer. Ryan Day, than yeah, Mule been to a national championship game. Sure, like Ryan Day has been there to a college football playoff final, which Muleshoe has not. But I think both those two guys are entering an era of their coaching careers that is going to be defined, in my eyes, by a lot of almosts. Because I think they will field good enough football teams to be in the conversation and in the hunt every single year. They will not field consistent enough football teams to play for and win national titles. I'm fine with Jimbo being in the top ten, but I think being in the top five is a little bit ridiculous. I think that he is getting the benefit of the doubt just like Lincoln is on this list being in the top five because, again, with Texas A&M, all of the hype that they're coming into this season with, some people putting in the top five, is all based on one thing. Well, maybe a couple things that recruiting class helps, but it's really based on the fact that they beat Alabama last year, right? We talk about that a lot. They don't want to. Nobody really wants to bring up that that A&M team beat Alabama. But they also lost to Mississippi State. They also lost to LSU. They also lost to Ole Miss. This was an A&M team that finished unranked last year. So Jimbo is getting a pass like Muleshoe from last year. Yes, he beat Alabama, and that's great. But he also finished out. Outside the top 25, he's won a national championship, but that was nine years ago. Are we really giving him that much credit for a championship that was almost a decade ago? He should be in the top 10. That's cool, but in the top five, I don't think Jimbo's a top five head coach. That AM alabama game from last year is continually mystifying to me. Like, How did that happen? How did that Texas A&M team, with a backup quarterback, do what no unranked team had ever done against Alabama and Nick Saban since 2008 and beat them. That game made no sense. Watching that, and I watched, I got the chance to watch the second half of that game. It was the same day as that instant classic that we were treated to at the Cotton Bowl between OU and Texas. So it was later that evening, I got to sit down, I got to watch the second half of that Texas A&M-Alabama game. It was stupefying because time after time, Texas A&M would come up with a play on either side of the football that would keep them in the game, a game that they had no business being in. Yeah. At one point, Zach Calzada exited that game, and they had a walk-on third stringer taking the snaps. I still to this day have no idea how Texas A&M pulled that off. 
And I understand why it's gotten as much run as it had, but you make a good point, Tyler. That's the same Texas A&M team that beat Colorado 10-7. to Right. That's the same Texas A&M team, like you said, that lost to Mississippi State. It, it, it's the sign of a front-runner football team, and it's what happens to Texas, right? Like, we, we walk out of the Cotton Bowl all, seemingly every year for the past decade saying, Dang, that looks like a good Texas team, man. Where's that team been? Well, I mean, team like A&M, a team like Texas, they get, they get up for one game a year, they play over their heads a little bit, and then they turn into what they really are after the biggest game of the year. It's a real front-runner mentality. There's no consistency within those programs. Jimbo Fisher's not a top-five head coach to me. Someone on this list who I think needs to be a lot higher, because we have to remember, not every single head coach is working under the same circumstances. Yep. Some guys have way more built-in advantage than others, and a guy that's not number 16 on this list, Mark Stoops doesn't have a whole lot of built-in advantages at Kentucky. It's a basketball school, Kentucky, right? Like, make no mistake, Kentucky is one of the hardest jobs yes. in the entire Power Five. you got to go up against Georgia every single year. Florida's in that league. Tennessee's in that league. And two out of the past four years, Mark Stoops has won double-digit games at Kentucky. That's pretty unbelievable. I think he's a better head coach than James Franklin at Penn State. I think he's a better head coach than Paul Christ at Wisconsin. I dang sure think he's a better head coach than Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. I would have Mark Stoops maybe knocking on the door of the top ten. No, he hasn't won an SEC championship or played in an SEC championship game. But if you can win double-digit games two out of four years in Kentucky and those other years are pretty good too – you can coach some football if you're starting to turn heads in Lexington because not very many people in the past have been able to do that. No, up it's, there. it's legitimately one of the hardest jobs in all of college football at the Power Five level because you have no history to recruit with. Kentucky historically has not been anything close to a competitive football team or a perennial contender in the SEC. Obviously, that division is a killer. That schedule does not let up. And so for Mark Stoops to have lasted as long as he has at Kentucky and to have built what he has built at that program is a huge credit to him, his staff, and the entire vision that they have embraced and established at Kentucky. So, yes, I I agree. Mark Stoops should be a lot higher when you look at the hand that he was dealt when he took that Kentucky job. Quickly, before we hit a break, Kyle and Broken Arrow says, what is y'all's top five? Uh... Got Saban number one, of course. Yep. Now, I, I'm judging these guys not what they've done 10 years ago, but what their ability right now, what I think of these guys. I've got Saban one. I've still got Dabo number two. Agreed. Still got Dabo number two, but I do have Kirby Smart at three. Kirby makes another national championship game this year. Clemson has another tough year. Kirby's going to move up to number two. Still got Ryan Day in that spot. Um, he's like 23-1 and one in the Big Ten since he took over. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. I got Dave Aranda at number five. I mean, if you're able to wow. win at that high level of Baylor, win a Big 12 championship, win a Sugar Bowl in what, year two, and, and build that type of defense, I think Dave Aranda is a special head coach. I don't think he's going to ever win a national championship at Baylor. But I think he's got a chance to rule the Big 12, especially after OU uh, leaves the conference. I, I think I got him as I got him at number five. I think wow. that highly of Dave Aranda. Yeah, I think he's good. Okay. Mm. Now I I I agree that Dave Aranda is probably underrated. He's in the top ten for me. Wow. Who's five. your five? That's, that's Who's bold. your five? I I'd, I'd have to think about that a little more because I definitely agree with you on the first four. 
to me, that is the clear top tier of college football head coaches right now. There is not really a clear answer as to who is five. There's a case for Dave Aranda. I agree with that. I probably wouldn't put him there. I think as much as we all hate to admit it, there's probably a case for Muleshoe. Sure. Um, there's a case for Brian Kelly. Again, not the sexiest answer. Winning his head coach in Notre Dame history. Right now, there is certainly a case for Luke Fickle. I think Mel Tucker isn't far off right I, in that conversation. He either. likes Mel Tucker quite a bit. Now, I... You know, he's going to have to go up against Mich- – well, he hadn't had an issue beating Michigan, it doesn't feel like, or at least Michigan State has it recently. But going up against Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State every single year, it's not an easy job in East Lansing. But I like Mel Tucker and what he's about. I, I think he's going to build a really – he's already built a really tough football program. For uh, sure. Excellent point on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. The list of football coaches that have turned heads at Kentucky is Bear Bryant and Mark Stitt. That's I mean, seriously. Seriously. Uh, Kentucky with uh, Bear Bryant, I think they're one of three teams that uh, claim the 1950 national championship. OU claims it, Kentucky claims it, and I think Tennessee claims it too. 1950, I think three teams. And there may be more than just three, but I think there's at least three that, that claim the national championship that year. Thank goodness for the college football playoff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. More to come on Locked In. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. It's the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Breaking news in college football. The death to divisions movement is underway. The Pac-12 is changing its championship game format. Starting in 2022, which is this season, the two teams with the highest conference winning percentage will face off in the championship game. So no more winner of the North, winner of the South, and the Pac-12. Just the two teams with the highest winning percentage are going to play. So they're changing the format. I don't think it's going to change the result, Parker. I'm sure Oregon and Utah, once again, will still be playing in the Pac-12 championship game. But it's more interesting to note here, uh, could that make its way to other conferences? Could the Big 12 adopt that? Well, I guess the Big 12 already adopts that. But uh, could the SEC adopt that in the future? It'll be interesting to see what other conferences out there say. Yeah, divisions, just two yeah, best you, teams. You know who play. needs to adopt that is the Big 10. Because the yeah, balance of power in the Big 10. It's not close, man. Ugh. Yeah, it's The it's, Big 10 it's, West is a dumpster fire. To the point where people are projecting that Nebraska – <laughs> will win it ESPN, year. yeah. Oh, jeez. Every year in the Big Ten Championship game, it's Ohio State versus, like, Northwestern or Iowa or Wisconsin. Nothing against those programs, but everybody would much rather see Ohio State versus Michigan State or Michigan. Yeah, the winner of the Big Ten West, uh, it gotten blown out a couple years. Uh, Ohio State, the year they won the national championship, who they play Wisconsin and like blew the doors off yeah, of them, 59 like 58 to 0. To, yeah, 59 to 0. Nebraska got kicked one year. It was like one of its first years in the uh, Big Ten title game, right? Oh, yeah, it was 70. Uh, Wisconsin put a 70 piece on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. All right. You guys are killing it on the Air Coverage Solutions text, uh, text line right now. Appreciate that. Keep it coming. 405 651 3439. We've got so much content today. We also have our buddy Travis Davidson joining us next segment. So let's get into a little crouton real quick because I know some of you on the text line want to hear it. Um, OU has offered 2025 wide receiver. Uh, Isaiah Mosey, 
Uh, he is an OU legacy. And Parker, I saw that you put in a crystal ball for uh, uh, Isaiah Mosey to OU, and you have it pretty high at a seven. Yeah. Any more to add? No, that's it. Like, like it's, listen, for those that listen to the show, especially for those that are on OUinsider.com as VIPs, it is no secret. This has always been the one for Isaiah Mosey. Grew up a Sooner fan. Obviously, Dad played there. He wanted this offer and wanted it badly. He visited in March thinking he was going to get it then. Didn't. Was left in a holding pattern for a couple months. Now he gets it here in May. To me, this is the kid that's going to be the cornerstone of the 2025 class for Oklahoma. Unless Brent Venables retires or takes another job or gets thrown in jail for tax evasion, I don't see any way. I think a third one's the most likely, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's any way this goes haywire for Oklahoma. This is a formality to me. Isaiah Mosey wants to be at Oklahoma, really always has. I would be very surprised if he does not commit to OU. And I don't think it will take all that long for him to lock it. He's been to a lot of places. He's taken a lot of visits. So he's seen the sights. He's seen everything there is to see. OU is where he wants to be. And I'm not necessarily saying he's going to commit tomorrow. But what I am saying is he will commit a lot earlier than a lot of other kids in the 2025 class, I do believe. There's just some circumstances in recruiting that – you know, just work your way, right? And having a kid that's really, really good and his dad played at OU. And, you know, Georgia, I think Georgia's having that situation right now with what Odell Thurman, former linebacker of theirs, uh, he's got a kid that, that's pretty good. There, especially when you're a big-time program, sometimes, Parker, you have great players that leave, they have children, and their children end up being elite prospects as well. It just works out to where oh, wow, this kid's really good, and we have an edge that no one else has, and that's kind of the case here with Isaiah Mosey. Yeah, the genetics run strong with that kid because his daddy, Jamar, before he came to Oklahoma, I mean, he smashed every record there was to smash in the Missouri high school football record books. So uh, he was one of the greatest players to ever come out of the state at the prep level. Isaiah's going to be that type of talent. And I think you may have a little bit of a mini pipeline yeah. Going on here from Lee Summit Let's North High so. School Let's because so. Caden Green goes to Lee Summit North. Williams Dwinary, four-star 2024 defensive lineman who absolutely has a five-star ceiling. That is another kid uh, that's a Lee Summit North uh, cornerstone at this time. And then you have Isaiah Mosey as well. There's a very legitimate chance that that high school produces top 100 players, perhaps even top 50 players, in three consecutive classes. And OU will be in the driver's seat for all three of those players. Now, before we get to Travis next segment, this Ashton Cozart situation is fascinating because it was reported that he is going to take a visit to Oregon. And we know what Britt Venables has said. Know what commitment looks like. If you want to be committed here, don't take other visits. It's It was reported yesterday that he's going to visit Eugene. But I guess he put on an Instagram story, you start to see the real in people when you make decisions that's not in their favor. Then is when you see the people who truly care about you and the ones who don't. News not even true. So he said the last sentence there, news not even true. I don't know if you've talked to him directly or if you've talked to someone that is affiliated with him, but the news not true, he's putting it out there that it's not true that he's going to Oregon. Is he going to be in Eugene, or is this all just a made-up story? I guess we'll find out, man. If he is in Eugene, 
Expect a decommitment announcement. But, as I said earlier with Steely, even if Ashton Kozar decommits and decides he wants to take another few visits, I still think this is a guy that's going to circle back around Oklahoma. He's wanted to be at Oklahoma for a long time, was going to commit the day that Muleshoe left, decided to push things back just to see how everything transpired and who eventually became the next hire at OU. Two months later, he was committed. His commitment seems pretty solid to me. I'm not buying that he will be up in Eugene this weekend. And even if he does, I see this playing out much the way C.D. Lamb's recruitment did, where he makes his rounds and comes right back around Oklahoma at the end of the day. It, why Why is the why is he even – again, I don't even know if he's thinking about visiting Oregon. That, that statement on Instagram kind of – you know, really confuses things a little bit. But if he's so committed to OU, why would he even think he even think about taking that trip to Oregon? Like, what what's the situation there? I know that he's going with. Um, is he going with a teammate or just another kid from yeah, the I state mean, of Texas? He's from the Pacific Northwest, so I, that's kind of the connection, and that's what would make sense. Uh, you know, especially given the fact that Oregon has had some pretty fortuitous bounces as of late on the recruiting trail, getting guys like Kyler Casper, uh, the 2022 four-star wideout out of the state of Arizona. So Oregon's got a little bit of a receiver factor on their hands. I imagine there's some allure there, but I think Cozart will be a Sooner. All right. Well, One way I, or another, I think I, he'll be I'm a just sooner. saying it makes me a little nervous if you're going to Oregon of all places because it's not just going to be, hey, let us show you around the facility. Let's show you what we got to offer in Eugene. Uh, there might be a uh, offer that is uh, sent out, especially with that coaching staff, Dan Lanning and Tosh LaPoy up there, the way that they're kind of doing things. Eh, Ashton Cozart might leave with a little bit of offer. So if he does end up going to Eugene, I'll uh, I'll, I'll be a lot more nervous about that yeah. one. Air Comfort Solutions text line says, Parker is way too optimistic and wrong most of the time. So uh, there you go. Per the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Ashton Cozart is decommitting, and he and Oklahoma are done. Nice. So. Uh, Four-star wide receiver from Flower Mound, by the way, is Ashton Cozart. All right, let's take a break. Let's get to our buddy Travis Davidson on the other side. He may be at Southern Hills right now as he's taking this phone call. That'll be interesting. More to come on the other side. It is the Homo Sooner fans. We are the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune on the ref. Let's go up to the 918. Travis Davidson joins us for his weekly spot with us. Uh, I'm sure he has an $18 beer in his hand right now at Southern Hills. Travis, how many $18 beers have you purchased up there this week at the uh, PGA Championship? I've had zero $18 beers. I've, uh, I've got a couple little hidey holes out here. That, uh, <laughs> so I do have, speaking, of, speaking of consumption, uh, I did get a text from, uh, we'll call him Doughboy for now. It says uh, that chili spaghetti is top notch. Uh, heard uh, heard there was some hate on some uh, three way chili going on earlier. Just had to clear the air. Yeah, three way chili. I'm just I'm I'm out on it. I'm sorry. Not my thing. Don't really want to partake of it. It's one of those deals. I was telling Steely earlier. It might be a bucket list, you know, say you did it type of thing one day if I find myself in Cincinnati. But until then, I have no particular desire to consume three-way chili. All right, all right. Well, Doughboy wanted to make sure he was heard. But, no, I've got a, I've got a big old ice water uh, uh, right now in my hand, that's for sure. Really? You haven't binged on a beer? I mean, you're on the ref's payroll. Now. I, you I can know, afford right? It. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I didn't want to have to finance one out here. And, uh <laughs> send out a credit report and everything while you're standing there at the bar top 
just not the what I was going to go through. Yeah, I got you. Hey, man, we just got done talking about Ashton Cozart and that situation. Um, unclear whether he's really going to go to Eugene or not. Do, do you have a read on that situation? Um, do you think he's going to go to Oregon? Will there definitely be a decommitment if he takes that trip? Um, I spoke with him a little bit last night when that post went out. Um, but, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, unfortunately, a lot of the time. Uh, I know he put out the Instagram post later that's like, well, the news isn't real. But it wasn't really a situation where he was going to come out and say, hey, look, I'm locked in. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm not going to take any – he wasn't willing to put all that out there. So, you know, like I said, where there's smoke, there's fire. So it'll definitely be something to monitor. Now, I'm of the opinion, and I have people on the Air Comfort Solutions text line accusing me of being too optimistic about it, Tyler. But I'm of the opinion that, you know, you look at the arc of Cozart's recruitment, it's pretty clear and has been for a while that he wants to be at Oklahoma. And that even if he ends up taking a few more visits and decommitting, he's going to circle back around to Oklahoma when it's all said and done, much like C.D. Lamb did back in 2016. You kind of get that same feeling? I, I do, and I, I think it's strictly a Jackson Arnold uh, based, in my opinion. Uh, I think uh, I think they've got a good relationship. We've seen how some of their uh, kind of their visits and their recruitment has panned out. Uh, I think those guys, and he's come out and, and supporting him and all these you know polls and random Twitter posts and whatnot. So I think that relationship uh, will pay dividends with locking him back in if he does decommit, take a visit, all that. So I, I, I do. I do share your confidence on that. Travis Davidson is our guest. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Travis Skoll, S-K-O-L. And a reminder, he's going to be hosting with me uh, throughout the spring and summer every single Friday. This Friday from 2 to 6, because Parker's out. So Travis is going to be in for uh, four hours this week. Guys, the uh, NCAA has done more in the past 24 hours than they've done in the past 24 years. There is uh, not a cap anymore on conference championship games. You can kind of set that up however you want to. The Pac-12 is electing to do that. But it also looks like they are removing the 25 scholarship limit a year, and now you just have to abide by the 85 limit rule um, just kind of at all times. You can sign as many as you want one year. You just got to be with that 85 rule. You, you got a thought one way or the other, Travis, is it, if this is good or bad for, for college football recruiting? You know, this, and I've lost track of the things uh, that are on this list, of, of the actual number of things that are on this list. But I'm sure somebody has uttered the phrase, this is going to ruin college football. Because we've heard that about Transfer Portal. We've heard it about NIL. We heard it about conference realignment. And now I'm sure we're going to hear it about scholarship limits. Um, I, I'm one that thinks the, um, you know, everything kind of comes back to being, well, the Alabamas of the world and your Clemsons and Ohio States and Oklahomas and all these, they're gonna, it's going to work well for them because everything else does. And, uh, and I don't think 10 years down the road we're going to look at this as, you know, a pivotal moment, you know, in recruiting as we know it. Let me ask you this, Tyler. I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed right now, and I just came across a headline that says, U.S. not politically ready for UFOs and extraterrestrial contact. <laughs> and reading that headline just made me wish I was out on the golf course today. So how, how are you enjoying things out at Southern Hills? Is it a peaceful respite? No, You know, it's. It's beautiful. I was I was lucky enough to be out here as well yesterday. I would say there's probably triple the people out here wow. today than were here yesterday. 
Um, it's a little bit warmer, um, but, man, they've done such a great job. Nick Sidorkis, all those guys, really getting this course ready. Uh, the PGA has done an incredible job. It is magnificent out here. So I'll be, I'll be popping down, walking the uh, course a little bit the rest of the day and, and, and just appreciating all of the, all the people that come to Tulsa and want to uh, impact our economy, the state of Oklahoma's economy, uh, with, with their $18 beers. Does uh, Tiger drop f bombs in practice like he does? Uh, you know, just on on the regular court, like on a regular weekend that the uh, TV can't catch in time. You know what's funny is I walked right in today and I walked in kind of over by eight tee box and he was on six whenever we walked in, so we just stayed put and we're able to get up nice and close. And man, he was all smiles. He was cracking jokes. Uh, he was uh, you know staying hydrated. And uh, no, he he looked good. He looked happy. I didn't. I don't think there was an f bomb today. Not at least when I was watching. <laughs> well, let's just wait till Saturday. All right. <laughs> let's wait yeah, till day yeah. two. Yeah, they'll be flowing. They'll be flowing. Travis, you still there? Did we lose you? Uh, I think I'm still here. You got me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like you cut out for a second, but if we still got oh, you there, no, hey man, yeah. I just. Uh, before we let you go, I want to know, as you look at uh, this list of prospects, all of which are continually announcing their intentions to be at Oklahoma for the Champion Barbecue on June 3rd through the 5th, if I gave you the over-under, and I asked, I believe I asked this question of Brandon Drum last Friday, I want to ask it to you as well. If I gave you the over-under on 2.5 commitments within a week of the champion barbecue you're going to take the over you're going to play a conservative and take the under i'm going to take the over wow okay there it is um i i would i would actually see uh you know how high i could get that line you know, tease up a little bit see see what odds i could get for three and a half i'm, I'm feeling confident man i i think the staff's been doing a ton of work behind the scenes and i think the way the calendar just falls i think we're going to see uh a He's taking the over. There he is. Come to fruition. I I, I think uh, give, give me four. Woo, four. Okay. okay. Now he's going to light the text line up here and say, God, Travis is ah, being way too optimistic right Old now. Travis this, is, this is unbelievable. Old Chef Travis Davidson pumping the sunshine. Yeah. We're, sun, we're pumping sunshine in Southern Hills, baby. Hey, uh, last one I have for you. Okay, and I don't know if you've seen this list or not, but CBS Sports put out their – you know, top 25 coaches in, in college football today in terms of Power 5. Tell me if, I mean, maybe you absolutely agree with this list, but tell me if there's a name in this top 10 to where you say, yeah, that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You've got Saban at number one, Kirby Smart at two, Dabo at three, Lincoln Riley at four, Jimbo at five, Ryan Day at six, Brian Kelly at seven, Kyle Whittingham at Utah at 8, Jim Harbaugh at 9, Mike Gundy at 10. Any issue with that list? Um, I, I would start probably by flipping Day and Riley. Um, and then, I don't know, I'm a, I don't know. Mike Gundy is one of those things, he's, he's done a lot with what's been historically kind of little. I just would love to see him at a, at a big-time blue button, really just see if he could if he could do it, he's threatened to leave many times. We remember the meeting in Knoxville and whatnot, not saying they're a blue blood, but 
it's uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of like to see him out of the comfort of OSU to really see what he uh, really see what he could do. You know, there were some there were some rumors a while back that Mike Gundy's people had reached out to Nebraska when that job really? was vacant in Whoa. 2014. Yeah, so maybe if Scott Frost is out after 2022, which is kind of the expectation. Maybe that's the next guy who's flirted with more teams, Mike Gundy or Brew McCoy in the transfer portal. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was, uh, it was ten- Florida, Florida was Florida, one. Tennessee, Arkansas, Nebraska. That's just four off the top of my head. Golly, that guy, uh, he likes to flirt around for sure. Hey, uh, Travis, you're going to be somewhere Friday for, for our show, correct? Up in uh, Tulsa. Yeah, well, he oh, is. He well, is. Okay, well, we lost him. Yep, he lost us. But I, I'm going to tell you that he is, and I'm going to tell you exactly where he's going to be coming up next segment. Maybe I can uh, send some T-shirts along with him or something. I don't know. Maybe we can figure that one out. Because all the Tulsa listeners are, well, dadgum, you go into every caravan with T-shirts except ours. I know. We made the T-shirts after the caravan idea came Wait, after. Are, are, so. are the booty shorts done yet? Booty shorts are not done yet. They're still in production, but um, they they will be happening soon. All right, one final segment of Locked In is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Elite Roofing Systems bring you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Elite Roofing System, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. Oklahoma City, you can give them a call at 405 361-3094. Tulsa, 918-984-5475 or EliteRoofing.com. We got a lot of texts. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get to all of them today. Someone did say, okay, guys, if Lincoln Riley was still the head coach at OU, you would definitely have him in your top five. I'll go back to something I said multiple times last offseason going into the year. It was, all right, hey, expectations are high. This is the year that everyone's picking you to get over the hump. He's at an interesting point with the fan base, and this is going back to last you know, July, August, Parker. I thought, okay, I think overall the fans feel pretty good about Lincoln, but how they feel about him moving forward is going to highly hinge on what he does in 2021. And ultimately, he did not live up to expectations. He failed. So I do not think all of us would be sitting around after last season and saying that he's a top-five head coach. In fact, I think the narrative around here would be, yeah, I don't think that this guy's ever going to get it done. So I, we may sound like homers on some days, but on this topic, no, I, 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 I really I don't think I'd be putting Lincoln Riley in my top-five if he was still here, of course. And again, like you mentioned, he's the only guy among that top-four that doesn't have a national championship to his name. He hadn't even played in a national championship game, so... So when you're when you're looking at that top ten, and another guy that I think deserves consideration at five, going back to the conversation we had in the first segment, Kyle Whittingham at Utah, man, that dude does not get near enough credit for the job that he has done. One of the longest tenured head coaches in the Power Five, and Utah, in terms of being a perennial football powerhouse, that's. I'll be honest with you, Tyler. That's not really a program that has any business playing well, on the same level as the Blue BYU has had more history and tradition than Utah has had, right? Exactly. So for him to do what he has done at Utah, the consistency that they have shown over the years in terms of being a winning football program, I still contend that that Utah team in 2008 would have won the national championship if they'd have had a chance to play for it. Really? Yeah, they, they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, but come on. It was the SEC in the Sugar Bowl. They didn't care. That Florida team was good, man. 
I'll uh, I'll take the Gators over that Utah team. I thought we were done with the portal. I thought OU even got a plus one to what we thought that they were going to get in the transfer portal when you added General Booty. Now LV Bunkley Shelton is tweeting out, basically, hey, where should I go, Kansas or OU? I thought that this one was over and done with. Look, from what I know, from what I have been told, OU's full. But then again, that was exactly what I was told before they brought in General Booty. So they 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 made room for Booty. Will they make room for Bunkley Shelton? That's <laughs> that's the big question. Uh, they look. did make room for Booty. <laughs> Thankfully, they did. As far as OU is concerned, look, I think the safe money is on Kansas here. From what I know, again, numbers can be finagled though. And so if LB LB Bunkley Shelton is beating down the door, saying, "Hey, I want to come to Oklahoma." Let's make this happen. I would tend to think that OU is going to essentially do what they did with General Booty, work some angles, find out what can be done to skirt the regulations, and see if they can't get him on campus. But again, I think LV Bunkley Shelton is literally going to have to make the Sooners turn him away. Yeah. If that's going to happen, it, it will, he will have to be persistent. Because if he just says, hey, Oklahoma, I want to come, they're like, yeah, we don't have a spot. And he's just like, okay, I'm going to go to Kansas. Then that's that. But if he's like, no, I want to be a Sooner. Let's make this happen. I don't care how it happens. Let's do this. I feel like the Sooners will find a way. By the way, one more recruiting note. USC did get a four-star safety commit out of the state of Texas. In the 2023 class, they have as many commits in the state of Texas than they do in the state of California, which is interesting. So... I contend that the state of Texas, recruiting-wise, is as wide open as it's ever been with everyone getting into the state, and I guess SC's no different. They're going to try to make a run in Texas as well. Well, they're going to have to. Good luck. They got relationships there. Want to leverage them while they can. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans.